Davis brainstorms homelessness solutions, crossing guards line bike routes, and high school students fight for their future. From the Blue Devil Hub, this is the News Cycle. I'm Stella Mays, and it's Monday, October 25th. In part one of our series on homelessness in Davis, Max Davis Housefield reported on the current realities of poverty in the town and what led to its severity. Today, in part two of the series, he investigates Davis's plan of action to combat growing homelessness. When it's a dark and stormy night, most people retreat indoors and warm themselves with a heater or a roaring fire. But for the at least 190 homeless people living in Davis, this is not an option. Last time, we looked at some of the causes of the homeless crisis in California. If anything, the housing situation has certainly not kept up with the population growth. People that you would think have good, consistent jobs really can't afford to live in Davis. <laughs> it's been kind of ever-evolving storm that's gotten worse as the years have gone by. This week, I toured the Daytime Respite Center, one of the many resources available to the homeless in Davis and I talked with its supervisor, Yvonne Page. This is the, uh, we call it the hub. Uh-huh. The center opened on February 24th, 2020, and is a collaboration between the city of Davis and Communicare. This center is open to homeless individuals from Monday through Friday from 7.30 to 4, and on Saturday from 7.30 to 3.30. It serves between 20 and 35 people in a day but they can only accommodate 20 people at a time because of COVID restrictions. All guests wishing to use the center are provided with both a face mask and a face shield, and are required to social distance when using the services. The homeless people who visit the center have been given many opportunities to be vaccinated. Those That's that great. have wanted the vaccination have gotten uh -huh. it. She estimates that between 60 and 70% of guests have gotten the jab, and the staff is entirely vaccinated. With all of these safety measures in place, Paige thinks that the 20-person cap could be raised to 30. After checking in and getting their PPE, guests have access to large containers in which to store their belongings. An outdoor courtyard has several picnic tables and a basketball hoop where the staff and the homeless guests can play ball with each other. They also have laundry facilities, an indoor rest area, and three showers. At the center of the operation is what they call the hub. It is home to staff offices, restrooms, a pantry with donations from the food bank, and an area for guests with a TV, books, puzzles, and a board with job postings. The center also provides breakfast and lunch, coffee all day, and sends its guests home with snacks. We don't have an oven or anything, so it's mm -hmm. like slow cooker meals, you know, hot wow. breakfast, toasts, you know, like cereal, stuff uh -huh. like that. We kind we kind of get a little creative uh -huh. with what we make. I bring I try to bring in a, a home cooked like meal, breakfast or oh, lunch once a month. You know, mm -hmm. there are several staff members on site to help the guests. A case manager helps to hook them up with services like Medi-Cal, CalFresh, government phone assistance, and other benefits for which they may be eligible. A safety ambassador takes care of the facilities, and there is also a peer advocate who is just someone who's had lived experience out there and mm -hmm. can kind of relate on a level that sometimes we can't. Paige herself is the supervisor and also provides therapy and counseling. Because mm -hmm. it's such a, a stigmatized and marginalized community and, and very misunderstood. 
you know, uh, a lot of assumptions are put on, on people who are unhoused, you know. Winter is one of the most challenging times for people living on the streets. Joan Planell from the Davis Homeless Alliance used to work in Washington, D.C. I always hated the winter because I actually was very scared that people would lose their lives in the winter because the temperatures become much colder. The Respite Center provides guests with winter clothing, but they're running low. About a dozen thin coats are all that hang on the coat donation rack. Uh, we're almost out of our winter jackets. For men and women, we need them. Especially with winter coming, uh, blankets, um, tents, sleeping bags, sweaters, jackets, anything waterproof would be awesome um, because they're going to need it. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode investigating the homeless crisis. For the News Cycle, I'm Max Davis-Hasfield at the Respite Center. New crossing guards are working to keep students safe on their biking routes to school. Sophia Young has the story. Crossing guards at Davis Joint Unified School District share their experiences in their essential work of protecting students crossing the road. My name is Jose Santiago and I've been a crossing guard for about two years now. Santiago is a crossing guard by the parking lot of North Davis Elementary on East 14th Street. Besides getting used safely across the road, the role of a crossing guard is to make sure that every child is safe once they're out of school bounds. This includes making sure that they go into the right person's car and getting to know the parents. It's really about being part of a community. I've had some people cuss me out in the middle of the street, but honestly that's all in a day's work. Because not everybody likes it when you uh, step right in front of the car, you know? Other than that, Santiago's experience so far has been pretty wonderful. I've met a lot of very nice people. Another crossing guard, Carolyn McKee, is stationed at the crosswalk between Community Park and the Davis Little League Complex. She says that drivers are generally very cautious. However, there's a difference between morning drivers and afternoon drivers. Drivers in the morning are like super eager because they're trying to get to work, you know. Drivers in the afternoon are much more laid back. A lot of them will just stop like when they see a kid. The key advises students to look both ways before crossing the street. Thank you to Jose Santiago, Carolyn McKee, and all other DJUSD crossing guards for their work. And remember to thank your crossing guard today. For BlueDevilHub.com, this is Sophia Young. Davis High students demonstrated in the name of climate action on Friday, October 22nd, in conjunction with the Fridays for Future global strike. Matthias Rowanvale has the story. Over 20 Davis High School students gather at the corner of 5th and B Street on Friday, October 22nd to protest climate change. Junior Noah Meissner was one of the students striking. It's like a big problem that's about to become like very real for like a bunch of people. So I think it's like very important to fight for those people. The protest, organized by local youth climate activist Elliot Larson, was held in solidarity with other Fridays for Future strikes held worldwide. I, I feel like everyone needs to do the uncomfortable and learn about this and find ways to help. We, we are the only ones who are able to reverse this. The DHS Climate Action Club led the group of 20 from the high school to the protest at the start of Friday's lunch. Officers of the Climate Action Club, including Elise Bauman, reached out to the school ahead of the strike. And the main thing was communicating ahead of time and just letting them know this isn't an option, we are going to do it. You can supervise us and be here, or you cannot. 
it's up to you. Um, and that really put the pressure on them, and so that really worked. After meeting with Climate Action Club, DJ USD and Davis High chose to send administration along with the students. Kristen Connor was one of three adults with the district who attended the strike. We always want to be supportive of our students, and this is something that, that they feel passionate about, so I just wanted to be here to see you know, how you guys are doing and make sure you were safe. For BlueDevilHub.com, this is Matthias Rowendale. Check out The Hub on Instagram at Blue Devil Hub and on Twitter at DHS Hub. You can find this episode and all our previous shows at BlueDevilHub.com, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. The New Cycle is a production of the Blue Devil Hub in association with the Davis Enterprise. Daniel Ruiz Jimenez writes our theme music. The program is produced by Stella Mays and Max Davis Housefield. Our executive producer is Jihan Moon. Stay safe, have a good week, and we'll see you Monday.